0: Kev, how are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm living the dream. No, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> wow. You can't tell. <laughs> you can't tell. Uh, but th- this is actually kind of an urgent episode, right, Kev?
1: Yes, most definitely. Most definitely. The ba- The the two dope signal went up. That's and, right. And and we had to respond. You know, it's it's That's like right. it's like Bruce Wayne. Batman, although I don't like Batman, but, but but we respond. And, you know, our goal is to amplify the voices of uh, Black, Indigenous, and people of color, um, especially when it comes to uh, teachers, students, former students, alumni, you know, people just trying to make it. And so I think this is like this, this screamed two dope teachers and a mic.
0: Yep, definitely, and uh, yeah, the signal went up. I believe the signal is actually you on a light bulb that's kind of like cast on the moon. It's a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> I, I may have taken a candid picture that uh, that made it out into the world. Um, so we are here talking about kind of actually. So normally we do an emergency episode um, because there's some kind of crisis and some kind of um, problem that people are facing. But we're actually here to talk about a little bit of a victory. And here to share with us about that victory are members of the Ednium Alumni Collective. We have the founder, Therese Esquivel. We have Richard Mays, who is on their board. And we have the terrific young person, young leader, Itzel. Um, One of of my favorite humans that I know. And uh, they're gonna talk to us a little bit about this big win, but uh, how y'all doing this evening?
2: yo 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 i'm i'm doing good man i'm doing good kevin i think i i saw it on the, the it was the it was the pink moon last night wasn't it that's yes it's only fitting that that's how we that's how we threw up the that's signal
1: that's it that's it that's it that's it we are out here What's stay, that? Up? What's yeah. that? stay out here
0: so um so it so we've got some pretty good news to share um but i think before we get into it let's get a little bit of context on the Ednium Alumni Collective, this incredibly innovative and really incredible organization that's taken flight the last couple of years. And um, tell us a little bit about that organization and the work that you all have been uh, doing.
2: Yeah, man. Um, yeah. And first off, just appreciate, you know, being able to I've been I've been listening to you and watching y'all. I've been I've been yeah. texting like yo, bro, I'm, yeah. get on. I'm on I'm just trying to be like, oh That's it. Um, yeah. We're gonna but, have y'all really on for
0: real, real at some point. We'll have y'all on for real. For, That's right.
1: Point. Extended. Extended. This mm-hmm. is the urgent
0: one, but yeah, we'll we'll get y'all's story for sure.
2: No doubt, no doubt. Um yeah, man. I mean NEM M&M at its core, uh it's it's addressing two gaps. Um, it was addressing like number one, the gap of uh a particular demographic, right? Like we we hear folks in education policy all the time talking about the low income students, the traditionally marginalized students, the black and brown students. Yes. Um, and oftentimes those conversations are using those students and those stories uh, as a I don't know like bargaining chips in like a in in this game. Yeah. And. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like you know, when I, I I entered into the space about you know three years ago uh, in a different role, and I noticed everybody in my in my age range, you know, we were either there because we were on somebody else's payroll or we were wearing somebody else's T-shirt, right? Like yeah. there was there wasn't this demographic when I, at the time I was twenty five uh, of folks, you know, like really showing up and having these experiences. Although yeah. I knew we talked about this all the time, you know. Yeah. And so uh, with an advocacy space, NEMs here to serve you know, alumni between, uh, under the age of 30, uh, who are DPS alumni, that uh, are really dealing with the consequences of the things we did or didn't learn within our K-12, you know, journey, right? And when you talk to folks, oftentimes it's, you know, we got through school, you know, school didn't help us thrive. Uh, You know, what we heard here is like, the success has been in spite of our K-12 system. Yes, yes. Uh, And we're, you know, we're oftentimes the bridge to, you know, social mobility for our families. Mm -hmm. And so who better than to have a a real voice around like, yo, this is what I needed to learn, you feel me? And and this is what I didn't learn and this is how I'm struggling now, regardless if we went to college or whatever, you know, and there's no real way to track it. Um, And then the second thing is just like a leadership approach. Uh, You know, I I think oftentimes, especially people of color that come from low-income neighborhoods, you know, and say you did go to college, like we're often operating in these silos when we get out. Um, And oftentimes we're the only ones with our, you know, historic perspective in the boardroom. And then we're the only ones with the boardroom perspective at home. It's like what happens when we create networks where we can bring our full and authentic selves and say like, yo, look, like we're going to make a difference and we're going to, we're going to do it rocking our gold chains out and talking the way we talk. That's right. Do things that are real um, instead of the, I don't know, the back and forth. So uh I mean that's that's the crust of it. Yep. Uh we want to fundamentally change the leadership dynamic in Denver, man. And this this is our city. We should we should be part of the leadership landscape and uh we need to reinvest in you know the the the, the generation of tomorrow. Um and we do that by building our collective power. And so so that's how we're rolling.
1: I mean I love that. I love I love the idea because we don't think about it you know i've been working in the district for 15 years i started as a middle school teacher so like a lot of my students have graduated you know matriculated beyond the district they they are adults i see them out in the world you know at times and I, and I just wonder you know how well did we set them up you know was the things that we were doing are they valuable for them in the end you know are they getting what they need out of their education and uh, my dog's going. My dog's losing his mind. Oh, well, right Franz, now. you know Franz, yeah. Franz always got things to say. I mean, that's- he always has something to say. Franz free always Franz. Something to say. Free Franz. That's right. Oh, he's too free. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, and we never, and we were talking about this. The district doesn't even really track graduates and what's going on, and getting this feedback. And so I love the idea of Ednium out there to give that feedback, to be right there and say hey, this is what we needed from education. This is what we got, you know, and and this is what we didn't get. Because Mm -hmm. I think as, as we talk right now, and there's a lot of talk about what we need to do. And as we end the school year, you know, the district shifts in June and July is leadership week and schools are setting their priorities and the district is setting what is the priority for this upcoming school year. Right. And, 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 it, and it'll inevitably mean college and career readiness. Mm-hmm. And 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 what does that mean? And so I love that there is a group of alumni talking to the district and, and organizing around this. What did college and career readiness mean? Yeah, for, for us. Real.
0: And uh, real, real quick, cut to Kevin. Very excited that he will not have to attend Leadership Week this summer. That That's oh, yes. 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 Cut yes. To that piece, uh, you know, that's my
1: big flex.
0: In a second, um, Richard, I'm gonna have you talk a little bit about what drew you to Ednium and kind of what your role is there. But, you know, uh, Therese, you've kind of framed it. To, and we've had lots of conversations about the work that you're doing um, with Ednium. And, you know, the the more I reflect on on what you're doing, everything that Kevin said, right? That I have students, this is 22 years for me. Like I have students who who are in the world who were born the year I started teaching. Yep. And that's a, that's yeah I'm old, which is why I can't be in your organization. I'm too old for any I'm way over thirty, bro. Way over 30. I'm the oldest person on this call. I think. Um, <laughs> um, that's not that's sort of a flex. It sounds like no. So I mean, I think about my own high school experience, and um, most of us on this call are well either current DPS students or DPS graduates. Uh, I went to the Manual High School which I'm Mm. mostly proud of, but, you know, I remember having a conversation with my AP lit teacher about doing my final project on magical realism as a genre of literature. And I remember her just not taking it that seriously. And so I did something else. Um, Mm. And then I remember the world that ethnic studies revealed to me in college as, you know, I took Dr. Catherine Rios's Chicana Chicano literature class um, fall of 1995 at CU Boulder and uh how transformative that was for me and then I came into teaching thinking to myself like saying I I want I want my students to have the same experience the same kind of discovery of seeing black and brown people through history um Mm -hmm. and then feeling like I had to sneak it into all the curriculum and my, my favorite story to tell is at my first school they uh they assigned me a class called Intro to Social Sciences. Kev, you remember that class?
1: Did you ever see that no. syllabus? It is no. great.
3: So, so <laughs> no. w- w- what is excellent.
1: intro? So, like, I mean, I like the name because to me, that means I can do whatever I want,
3: right?
0: Exactly. That like, yeah, means so, I can so, do
1: whatever I want.
0: <laughs> so, for like two minutes in the history of uh, DPS curriculum development, we got really into methodology, like, not just. Do a history class, but how do we do a history class and that kind of thing? And so we had decided in my school, you know, we should have this gateway course where we introduce students to the tools and the methodologies of social studies. And really, it was so that people would turn in their homework. Um, But you know, (laughs) like I think that's why we did it. And so I remember them asking me if I if I would teach it, and I was like, "Cool, let me look at the syllabus." I look at the syllabus. I'm like, "There's no content." And they're like, Oh, yeah, it's just skills. I'm like,
1: yeah. perfect. Perfect. Mm. <laughs> so I got this.
0: A lot of my story with just a few exceptions has been as a teacher, has been finding a clandestine way to teach this stuff, like wherever mm. I can squeeze it in. And I always felt like I was kind of getting away with something, you know, um, by teaching this stuff. And so this is such an amazing project that y'all have been working on because not only does it give students um, something they've been demanding, we'll have you explain kind of the the student role in this, which is really revolutionary, um, but the the way that so many of us can kind of come out of the shadows who've been wanting and dying to teach this stuff and not feeling like it had a dedicated space. So I thank you all for that. Um, so Richard, talk a little bit about Ednium and sort of how you were drawn to it as a DPS alum. I know you have a really interesting story um, you know, behind where you work now. Um, and so I would love if you would share that and kind of what your role is with Ednium right now. Yeah.
4: So I'm a DPS alum, graduated from Kennedy, um, which uh, you talked about magical realism and that brought me back to junior year. We spent a whole semester on magical realism in our English class. Oh, that's awesome. Which was oh, like early nineties for me mm-hmm. we doing that. <laughs> <laughs> But it was like the coolest experience because the first time that I was connecting back to my culture through literature. Yes. And like, even in our our senior U.S. history course, um, it was more of like a a history of the Americas class. We spent so much time on the Mexican Revolution and what that meant for the impact on the United States um, that I thought everyone went through that. And then I get to college and... A lot of my peers didn't learn any of that stuff. And I felt it was a very unique experience for me in DPS, um, in a Southwest Denver school to experience that, which was really cool. Um, but Ednium, uh, Trey and I go back to uh, our freshman year at the University of Denver. Um, change makers. he's been a change maker <clears throat> since day one that I met him. And it really is about elevating the voice and power of our alumni. We, for me, I have such a deep connection to the city. Um, My grandpa was a founding teacher at Thomas Jefferson. All my aunts, uncles, cousins went through DPS. My whole family, my siblings went through DPS. So I have such a deep connection to it that I wanna make sure that we're doing right by future generations and preparing them for a global society, not just college and career, but like engaging with people in the real world and what that means. Um, and now I'm an educator at George Washington, which, um, has had a very interesting experience in, um, their academic programs and actually coordinate our IB program, which, uh, for a long time was a segregated school within our school.
0: That's been kind of ground zero for a lot of the debates that have been happening right now. Some real, uh, contentious and important conversations happening in that space.
4: Oh yeah. And our, um, What's powerful, I've been there for four years, um, as our students are leading that conversation. So I get to coach our student board team, and uh, they've spent the last three years, (laughs) (laughs) which is like the most amazing experience to like see the power that these students take um, to push for change. And like my students have spent the last two years examining bias and racism and prejudice and how that shows up in the classroom, not just student to teacher relationships but student to student relationships and what does that mean and how do we combat that um so it's not so schools aren't a segregated place
1: so important you know so important and i i I know the story of george uh very well in other schools and i i think george uh wasn't was not unique you know like I think a lot of schools are like that you know with these schools within a school and I started my teaching career at Maury Middle School which had three different programs if and a, a highly gifted and talented program a high strides or high motivated highly motivated program and what was uh, you're not just gifted. labeled you try real hard the traditional <laughs> program right yeah no the high the high strides program was like teacher pleasers, right? Students that just know how to play the school game. They put their heads down and they just, they get it done. Right. Mm. Highly gifted and talented was a district, you know, and you could debate all of that of, of what it was labeled, but it really was like at times three schools in one, you know, and they at least interacted in electives at times, you know, but I've heard those stories. Um, And uh, so with you guys' work with Ednium, what is, like, we start to think about, like, that got you to this project, what are are the things that DPS alumni feel like they wish they had gotten? What are you learning from students right now that they wish they had? Uh, Itzel, you can chime in right now, you know, as a current student, what are you, what do you wish you uh, are, were getting that you didn't get um, or could get, or what would you like to see for future generations uh, in this city to make sure that they're getting out of their education?
3: Um, I definitely wish that I would have learned more about just racial equity and about financial wealth sometime around middle school. Um, I mean, I'm a sophomore now yep. and I just feel like everything is coming to me and I'm like starting to realize like, like life is real, you know, like it's, it's expensive. It's, it's not, it's not a dream. It's, it's real. Yeah. And I mean, I'm lucky to have the family I do because, um, I gained most of my knowledge from them, especially, um, Ture. Yes.
1: Uh,
3: and I'm just super lucky, but in school, like, I wish that financial literacy class was in place and I could be learning about how to manage my money and like so many more things. And, Instead, we're learning about, like, where UK is on the map. And I don't really think that's going to help me in the future. You're like, like,
1: that's not critical. That's not, like, going to be the thing that comes up. How I pay my rent how do I make sure I can pay to go to school in the future? These are real, actual things that I'm gonna deal with. Where's yes. the UK? And I'm hey, actually, and I'm I think you- are feeling
0: bad because as her history teacher, I don't think I'm the one that taught her that. So I'm like, I, think, I, didn't, I, think, I didn't
1: even no, we what the UK was. <laughs> I, I, I think you have Google. This is what I was thinking the other day. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we, like, are we teaching just like facts like to people and we test for facts? Are we giving you real things like you're saying, but go on, go on. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, but like I'm just grateful to have a teacher like Mr. Munoz and to have teachers who do bring up certain things that are going around in the media because like it shows me that like there are teachers out there who really do want to teach us better better lessons and better like get us to understand what the world is really like and it excites me because like this is something that I want to put my time and effort into um like I don't I really don't want to do chemistry homework and no offense to my chemistry tutor, he's he's a great teacher but shout out yeah but (laughs) I would I would just be so much more excited learning about my people's history and everyone's people's history and how we can come together as a community. I feel like future generations will be so lucky to have a financial literacy class and they will have a greater advantage than past generations. And it's just something that I'll be grateful for for them, even if I will never get to experience it like they did as or as early as they did.
1: Yes, I love that. Uh-huh. Doing it for the generations yeah. down the road, right?
0: A couple of points that I, I, will, I really wanna highlight for our listeners. Um, so the first thing that Ito really emphasizes is the privilege that she has in having uh, family members who can educate her, support her, encourage her, kind of make sure she's focused on the right things. Um, And so someone like Itzel, we could probably convince ourselves as an educational system that she's gonna be fine, that like she's gonna be fine. She's got people who can teach her this stuff. and can kind of help her out. But unfortunately in a, in a district that is overwhelmingly free and reduced lunch, overwhelmingly going to be first generation graduates of high school, overwhelmingly uh, young people for whom education is a direct, not an incidental um, part of what happens to them in life um we have to be able to think big and um you know for for UHL to want this even though you could probably get it without it being in the system um i think is pretty incredible and i think the other thing i just want to point out like so this is the second year that i've known etzel as my student and um th- you know she's the kind of individual who just wants to be taught like comes into the classroom Expecting to have a learning experience, and um, and I think as we kind of got into social justice issues last year, um, you know the excitement that you had for that was was really powerful for me because it reminds me that students actually do want to learn. Um, you know, some will show it more than others. Students want to learn, and they want to learn things that are really important and relevant, and so. Just want to put a, you know, uh, put a pin in that for our, uh, for our listeners. So we've got some pretty good news um, and a call for action. So this represents um, a good amount of time and Tere and Richard and Etel as I understand it. um, There's some pretty, there's some stuff that we need to really be excited about. Yeah.
2: Yeah, man. Um, There there's, you know, I feel like, I feel like Kobe right now where I'm like, they're saying like, why ain't you smiling? I'll be like, job's not done.
0: That's right. Is that's it, done? it, that's it.
2: You know what I'm saying? i like gonna
0: overlook the Kobe reference as a Denver Nuggets fan. Like I'm, I get it. I know, it. Man.
2: <laughs> I love the Nuggets too, you know, but that, that's my man. That's um, nah, weird, yeah. <laughs> so it's been, it's been a, it's been a long road, uh, but one that like was built upon, and I think uh, a very, very strong, authentic, and like long process of like really identifying like what's real. You know, um, so over a long process, what we identified with talking to, you know, hundreds of DPS alumni and doing really deep kind of work in, in, in storytelling and really like grounding our, our, our vision in storytelling and saying like, yo, our history, our pain is actually our superpower and that can lead to, to change. Um, two of the things that we decided we, work, we should work on collectively from as an alumni were financial literacy and cultural and ethnic studies. Um, those are the two things that came up consistently, <clears throat> and uh, we've been working, but for about eight months, with the DPS curriculum team. Shout out to Tamara Acevedo and Theo Shah and Bernard McCune and the whole crew over there. Um, you know, it's been a it's been it's been a long process, but uh, we've been working with them to say, okay, what would it look like to ensure that everybody gets this type of education? Um, yeah, gets just access to this information and led to a space where we're looking at graduation requirements. Um, to make a long story short, after a lot of work and, and frustration and, and, and phone calls, uh, uh, you know, Vice President Jennifer Bacon um, you know, stated publicly at the last DPS board meeting that uh, by June, they will be voting on, they will vote on making these two courses graduation requirements for all students throughout DPS
0: that's that's amazing and you know just having been in DPS for a really long time um, i've i've found that um, i've observed that if curriculum's like a faucet it's much easier to turn it off than it is to turn on right yeah. like you can just say okay we're no longer requiring this uh, we've been having a really frustrating conversation in our school about the disappearance of American history as a graduation requirement um, because, you know, that used to be the only place that we could talk about these important issues. And now students aren't even required in the state to take American history to graduate. And so, like, I think it takes a lot of things to even bring something to a vote, right? It takes sure. us saying, it takes a community saying, yeah, actually, we found a way that we're going to turn on the faucet. Like, we're going to turn on the faucet, might not get a whole lot of water initially, but we're going to turn on the faucet and we're going to let this knowledge flow. Ooh, I feel good about that, what I just said. That was, that was um, my head. Yeah. Turn on the
1: faucet and let my the knowledge, knowledge flow. That's, that's so right. That's <laughs> right dude. You, know, you
0: got to, you know, another thing you got to do is teach me how to do what you do, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> that's, 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 so, but the other thing I think is that's really important to emphasize is this, this takes real political will, right? Mm-hmm. And as, I mean, all of us here have been on both sides of working on making something happen politically, that we've been on the side where it feels really affirming. We've been on the side where it feels like you're just banging your head against the wall and you're just kind of like, come on, really? Like, I, th- I thought we had something that we were doing. And so the fact of getting a vote that's going to happen in June, I think I think it's huge. It, it shows it shows that perhaps there is some political will to make this stuff happen for our kids and communities.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, it is exciting. You know, it, there's there's an exciting thing and a disheartening thing that I noticed, uh, yeah. particularly at the last board meeting, right? Uh, when, you know, the student board and, and all those students came and spoke yeah. at, you know, to the DPS board. Yep. We see and we read the things that students have been advocating for for years, right? Yes. And like, there was just like no movement on, like, well, why? Because these things seem like common sense. Yeah. The other exciting thing for me from Ennium is like it's really important that what Ennium is doing is in alignment with what students are saying that they also need. And the fact that they were independent of each other, these processes, it's exciting that they're aligned, but it's also kind of can I cuss on this?
1: Sure. We'll we'll, we'll Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Keep it real. It's
2: also, it's also bullshit that we're saying alumni that people have graduated 15 years ago are saying, have identified, saying, yo, I never got this. And there's still students in the system right now saying, I want this. Yeah. And nothing being done about it. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> I think we're, this is one step in the right direction. Um, you know, I should shout out, you know, Carrie Olson. That's right. Anderson, Angela Colby on like, and, and Jen, like they've been forces for, like, really encouraging us. And so was Susanna, I should give her a shout out too. Uh, And we recognize the things that led up to even the political will happening, right? Like if there's no Dr. Martin Luther King and then no justice, no peace, like I don't think we're able to have this kind of conversation. Yeah. There's no resolution. We're not able to do it. Exactly. Exactly. So like we're playing our role, um, but at the same time, man, it shouldn't be this much work to do something as simple as, yo, Maybe if we're gonna send our kids into America, uh, they should understand what credit is. Like that seems wild to me. Um, yeah,
1: you'd you think you'd think, think it's about the such JP a, song, it...
2: credit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean in, in that in real talk, like, you know, I, I I stand here as as a person who probably would have really benefited from that. It took me a long time to fix my credit and um and it put me in some really tough situations as an adult, and I didn't have any way to understand how to do this. And, you know, so yeah, to your point, um, you know, it's, especially when it comes to finances and we can debate the merits of, of the financial instruments and systems that we have, but it is the reality right now. And, yeah. it, you know, our young people need to be able to, you know, swim in that environment so that they can reform it.
2: Yeah. Don't take speedy cash loans like I did, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't I care how why. nice
0: that T-shirt is. Don't sign up for a credit card.
2: <laughs> yeah, Literally, those Literally, I got sunglasses. a
0: T-shirt and a water bottle, and it ruined my credit for like a decade.
2: <laughs> Yo, that looks like a nice T-shirt. You still have those sunglasses?
0: Nah, of course not. <laughs> but that's I still not. got the debt. <laughs> I had the <laughs> debt for too long.
2: Yeah, man, so, and, and like that's the financial literacy part, but from the, the cultural and ethnic studies part too, like. You know, should you shouldn't have to feel like you're you're teaching in the shadows and getting away with something for teaching kids their true history. Like let's just think about like that as like a like the, the real, right? Like um, and in and, and itself shouldn't have to have to demand it, right? And, and yep, yep. It, it doesn't make sense. And I think there's just very basic things that we can do that are very common sense that are being overlooked because we're dealing with these like entrenched ideological kind of like warfare. Yeah. Let's just take yeah. a step back and do the thing that we said we were gonna do. And also, uh, I think we'll be surprised.
0: There's also this really interesting thing. You know, I was I was discussing some of the student voice work, and I've been really fortunate to be a part of student voice and leadership coaching my Espo Reps and my fifty two eighty challenge team uh the last three years. And as I was talking to somebody outside of education, I remember somebody saying to I remember that person saying to me, Well, but You know, echoing a little bit of what you're saying, Tere, but kind of taking it in a different direction. Why can't we just let kids just have a fun, edge? like, why should they, why should they be focused on all these things? Like, why can't they just have a good high school experience? So he said, let me ask you, um, when it comes to the young leaders who have really played a central role in kind of galvanizing an overall student movement, would you say that, you are unique among your peers or that more of your peers are like you than we realize as adults in schools.
3: Um can you rephrase that a yeah. little bit? Oh,
0: so if that's okay. Um this is what it's like in my class. Like I don't know what you're asking me, Munoz. I don't know what you're asking me. <laughs> So I want to ask you really quick. So you um and some of your peers gave the really impassioned uh sort of public comments. At the at the board meeting last week, um, would you say that most students are that more students are like you in the sense that they're willing to speak up and they want to get involved in these movements? I mean, you you love this stuff even without like an urgent thing in front of you. You just love learning about and practicing social justice. Are you unique in that? Are you the, are you one of the few students that likes to get involved in this stuff? or are there more students than we realize who wanna get involved in this stuff?
3: Okay, I'm definitely not the only student who gets excited about these things um, because I have classmates who also enjoy these things and who also want a better education system. And so I definitely don't think that other students are not willing to speak up about these things. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm not the only one.
0: Yeah. It's like Therese says uh, you, you shouldn't have to, uh, but y'all are ready.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Love it. So where were, at then is so what is so specifically kind of what is it that that will be voted on when when the
2: time comes in June right yep yep in june uh so we're still we're still working out the details but the how it's right now set up is that uh they'll actually they'll pass the policy but it'll be enacted in school year 2023 and so the reason for that is uh we really wanted to make sure that we were able to get some pilots going and have like real input across the, across the board to make sure we're able to build something that's sustainable and at scale and relevant, but also like nimble enough to be iterative, right? We, have, we recognize like the, the, the nuanced context of the different spaces that'll be in. Um, so shout out to West Early College. They actually, here's another crazy story is because of the Black Excellence Resolution, West Early College went out and, you know, started having community conversations with their Black students and families. And guess what the two things that they said they wish they would have gotten in school was? Hmm. financial literacy, cultural ethnic studies. And so they were like, they were like unprompted by us. They were like, yo, we're gonna move on this, you know what I mean? And, and did the pilot in quarter four. Um, and we also have, you know, they they reached out to us and uh two alumni partners, Leilani Ramos and uh Kai Samatsu, who were sitting on the design team to help support them in that process. And um, we're looking for additional. You know, schools uh, officially to lock in as pilot schools next year. Um, and then the, the graduation requirement will come in 2023 after we've had a chance to do that vetting and do that real, real work. Um, and so they'll be voting to pass it, but it would be enacted in 2023.
0: Um, right. So a in- so year of pilots essentially, and then <coughs> get to 2023, and then we're potentially looking at a graduation requirement.
2: Correct, correct, correct. Man. Um man and i should also mention that you know jen also made a commitment to a lot of the work that uh was going on at east around consent mm-hmm. um curriculum and yeah. uh so she, she mentioned that as well which etnium hasn't been a part of but i, I still think is important yeah. um, that, she, that she made that acknowledgement so yeah yeah sure. well, this is this is incredible work um so uh,
0: we, we want to make sure that our listeners know how they can act on this and how they can support this. So uh to nation, uh, we would like to believe that it's 10,000 strong. Um, you know, what, what can we do um, to support the work that Ednium and our students are doing?
2: yeah yeah um so I think one cool idea we came up with and, and, and shout out to you, Munoz, is sparking this creative energy bro uh you know I think you know if we one of our alumni alumni partners posted on Instagram like the stories did a little poll saying, like what do you wish you would have known if it, like how would life have been better yeah. you know without if you' gotten you know financial literacy so I would like for us to do a hashtag if I had known hashtag um, if t- I had known. If I had known, if I had known, you know, that a forty percent interest rate would kill my credit long term, I would have never taken out that speedy cash loan to go buy some Jays. You know what <laughs>
0: I'm
2: saying? Like, a lot oh, earlier. Comment, no, it's not <laughs> You know, if I had known um, you know, that redlining was a thing, I wouldn't have had insecurities around the, about the neighborhood I came up with in because I would know, you feel me, that like this was yep. institutional. Yeah. Living, right like i wouldn't yeah. have known i wasn't crazy when i was saying yo why do we why does this look different than cherry creek what's going on
0: if i had um, known that uh one of the greatest journalists in the history of this country was uh, ruben salazar who died at the chicano moratorium in 1970 um i'm i may
2: have continued to pursue a career as a journalist yeah kev what's your if i had known
1: yeah if i had if i had known let's see If I had known really what compound interest was, I would have taken and saved a little money from each of my paychecks in my early jobs as a kid and just put that away and let it build on itself. You know, if I had known, if I had known about the rich history of of black scholarship when it comes to education in this country. I would have probably become a teacher much earlier and been on a path, um, you know, towards education. If I had known, you know, the way my education was biased and skewed in my perspective, I might have chosen, you know, which college to go to in a different way, right? I just think there's so much to it, um, and and why I think this type of 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 curriculum change and a graduation requirement, right? To say that this is something that's required for all DPS students is so important uh, overall because you know I I who knows where I'd be if I had known what I don't know what I didn't learn yeah you know in high school and I wasn't a DPS graduate but I think like all schools I think this is a form this is the nature of schooling in America right is they don't want people to understand how credit works they want people to not understand you know, and not be culturally responsive, to be divided and not understand, you know, what Black Lives Matter really means when we say that and not have to automatically respond back, all lives matter, right? I think all of this is intentional Mm -hmm. in in my opinion. And and so like, I think it's important to do the work. And I think like in education, it's the only place where we don't listen to the customers. It's the only place where the customer is not right. Right. We say the customer's right everywhere else. The customer is telling you, yo, this is not what I want. This I want this. And we're like, oh, but but what if we what if we give you a portfolio? If you have a portfolio of all your proficiencies, and, and that's your graduation capstone, that's going to show that you're college and career ready because you've made a portfolio. You know nothing about your culture, nothing about financial literacy. Nothing about these college loans that they're trying to talk you into, these credit card loans that they're targeting to, these uh, people uh, renting to own, right? I would love to teach those lessons. You know, I used to, I found this great video um, that I taught and it taught kids about like different types of loans. And it even had the loan shark and the kid, it was like this puppet show that I found. I was like, it was the greatest video I'd ever, I have to look for it again. But it had a loan shark, Kevin, right? We'll, and the kids we'll post all that. the hood kids, they understood they were like, Oh, oh, oh wait, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope, don't borrow from him. Yeah.
0: Don't no
2: borrow from him. Yeah. Well, I,
0: I would love for Kevin to be teaching this stuff because anytime I start talking about the financial system, I realize I'm I'm starting to teach revolution. And so like it may not be the best in my hands. Um, but um, mm-hmm. But maybe. Well, I
1: mean, hey, if it leads to an outcome, it leads yeah. to an, If you understand how it how the system is designed to exploit, you know, folks, yeah. and yeah. to enrich other folks, yeah. then you you start to understand the system. But you also understand how can you enrich your folks, and I think that's what Edneum is really about. When you talk about how do we make sure that our graduates. Stay in Denver. Contribute back to the community. Like we we're always in this quest for how do we get more teachers of color? And I'm like, y'all, they are right here. Like, offer to pay for their education. There are kids yeah. who will be. I was in a meeting the other day, and and someone was like, well, you know, there's a pathways to teaching, but that's just for teaching. It can't be for like SSPs. I was like, you know how many kids want to be SSPs? Yeah, counselors, psychologists. The special service providers. Okay, what? Tons of kids I always. They're, they're like, I'd love to be a social worker. I yeah. love. They spend all their time trailing the counselors around, right? Helping their friends, talking about issues and problems. Yeah. So, like, I I'm think there's so cool. much that we can do. And so, like, I I just want to support Ednium, um, the alumni collective, um, support and and use the hashtag. I wish I had known,
3: right?
1: If I had, if I if I had known, if I had known. I'm not good at hashtags. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's all. I got it. I got it. It's all good. And plus,
0: we have Etel's approval uh, that if I had known is a is a good hashtag relevant to the youth and those kinds of things. tell anything you wanna you wanna say in closing?
3: Um, first of all, I love how Mister Adams just went off. Okay, preach.
2: <laughs> Amazing.
3: Um, but honestly, I want to share my hashtag. So Do if it. hashtag if I had known that my consequences were more, let's see, what's the word? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like thinking no, it's of the all good. word. But, if I had known my consequences were more um, I'm sorry, I'm like <laughs> I'm trying to think. But if I had known that I had more consequences than my white friends in elementary and middle school, I probably would have been more humbled. And it's crazy because I don't I shouldn't have to be humbled because I don't hold the privilege that my white friends did. Um, so yeah and also i'm so happy that i was on this podcast love it
0: yeah it loves you and and i don't know like don't be humble walk like a queen like, yes
1: that's that, it that's it that's like, it
0: like you you think i have all the answers i, I walk around like i do but it's because i feel like i have to <laughs> uh, so, so we got this, uh, call to action um we will ask everybody to start sharing some, if I had known stories, Uh, share them on Twitter, share them on Instagram especially. Uh, But Twitter is where, Twitter's where the magic happens and also the occasional dumpster fire. Um, but
1: <laughs> Twitter that's, is the, the that's the worst. universe. You got to take the good and the bad. You do.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and, and you got to mute the bad and block the bad, you know, for sure. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that that's a place where a lot of really important conversations are happening. Share your, if I had known story, I'm envisioning like an, if I had known a uh, poetry slam, but you know, that that would be kind of cool. Um, so share that, and we would love it um, if we include some people in our stories, right, Toray?
2: Yeah. One more time. Yeah. Include some people. What you? What, what you? Yeah, who
0: do? Who? Who do we want to? Who do we want to celebrate for this work uh, that's about to happen? So definitely tag um, Ednium at, at Ednium Alumni, and uh, we should get some board members on there. Yeah. Yes,
1: oh, tag some board
2: members. Tag some board members. Let's make sure that they know, you know, like, inevitably, there's going to be pushback on everything, right? Yeah, sure. um, that's right. And so, like, we need to really make sure. Susanna said this to me one time when I first met her. She said, you know what, Trey, you know, sometimes I need people to help make me do the things I already want to do. Yeah. Um, mm. she, was, she was talking about the fact that, like, she needs to be able to say, like, this is in response to them. So like. Turn up the noise and like let's make it just completely undeniable that, you know, uh, our communities are saying, like, <laughs> we we haven't been getting the type of information we need. Um, so tag all the all the board members. Yes. Um, and make sure. They-
0: so here's what we got. So uh, tag at Tanderson Co. at Dr. Olson for DPS. That's the number four at Angela spelled the way it's uh, pronounced A-N-H-E-L-A-C-O-B at Rev Brad at Bacon for code. That's Jennifer Bacon at O'Brien for Denver and at Scott for schools. Also feel free to include Tere at Tere underscore ESQ. Um, You can include uh, two dope teachers in this and uh, definitely include the Edmium alumni. Let's get us some Twitter stories out there. Let's give uh, lots of evidence that our board of education in the city of Denver is about to do the right thing. Well, everybody, thank you for being here. It's El, Richard, to I mean, I'm Hernan Muñoz. That's, uh, that's the man, Kevin Adams, over there. And, uh, you know, we look forward to engaging with you on this topic.
2: Thank you, I Love, love.